Hello. Hey there, and welcome to MMA and stuff. Oh, wait, you already know what you're on. <laughs> no, I appreciate it. I forgot. Hey, you never know. You, maybe you thought you were uh, talking to a different person. Maybe you have another podcast that I don't know about. Are you cheating on me? I'll talk about it right now. You fucking slut. Welcome to um, MMA and stuff, everybody, here at halfguarded.com. I'm Mike. That's Matt. He's drinking a little bit of water. I'm sitting in an, uh, in an empty office in Chicago, and we're doing uh, the show. It was coffee, actually. Iced oh. coffee. Oh. Uh, I, it, I, I have more respect for you than that. But... I, I have a water next to it. Okay. Um, bottle, though. That's probably a little fancy for you. You probably uh, like I, the old tap. I buy a uh, – once a week, I buy a gallon of water, and then I just refill it. So, yeah, you're a little fancy fancy boy. What do you think about the government putting fluoride in the water? Is that a conspiracy? Um, I mean, I, I think they did it. Right, I'm pretty sure they like. I don't think it's a conspiracy if they did it or not. Like they they did it, and I'm pretty sure it's worked wonders. In fact, I'm positive it has. And so, on that one at least, I'm gonna give them a pass because nobody has bad teeth anymore. <laughs> like my grandfather's a dentist, and my mom said that when they he he could tell you when they put the fluoride <laughs> in the water because it was just like seven years later, the number of cavities were like ninety percent down. It's crazy, man. Yeah. Yeah, that, that's probably a good thing. Yeah. I don't know what fluoride does to the rest of your body, but whatever. Eh, we'll figure it out one day. So we, we've got a lot to talk about, and I'm guessing not a lot of time to do it this week. Uh, yeah, we've got an hour. Okay, at all least. right. Uh, well, we've been known to run double that. Oh, I know, but uh, yeah, so special we're, show. We'll, we'll, we'll get moving here on this Thursday. Did you morning. just rub your hands together in anticipation of this yes, show? Yes, we, we got to get moving. <laughs> Let's do this. It's good microphone. Um, so it's just the old uh, Apple iPhone head regular Me. mics. Yeah, nothing Me fancy. Too. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're, we're very savvy. Uh, so this past weekend, there were four MMA shows, but there was one combat sport that kind of overshadowed all of them. That was professional boxing. There's a heavyweight title fight between Tyson Fury and Deontay Wilder. I ended in a draw. But um, this is probably the biggest heavyweight fight in the States in, in years and years since, you know, pre-Klitschko era, I would say. It took place in L.A. Um, I, I thought Fury won the fight personally. I watched most of it. Um, I thought he won every round except the two rounds when he got knocked down. In the 12th, he got drilled with a, I think it was a left hand right to the jaw. And he went down, looked like he was dead like a tree being chopped down. And then he got up at, I think six and just sprung to life and finished the fight and was like taunting wilder after that kind of a crazy fight. Um, but it, it seemed newsworthy and it, it seemed like it got people talking about heavyweight boxing again, which hasn't been the case for about 15 years. Yeah, no, it was, uh, it's weird. Tyson Fury was kind of always this guy that from what I understood was a bit of a joke, right? You know, he was, he was, always, he was kind of, I don't even know what, what what his equipment would be like in MMA, maybe a Matt Mitrione or something like that. And then all of a sudden, it just, I don't know if it was his time or what, but the dude's le- a legit boxer. And what, what they did that was good at the fight is, and this is the first time this has happened in boxing in a long time, you cared what happened afterwards. Like, you felt like you got your money's worth. Because, uh, you know, I watched most of the fight and, you know, that ending – that's that's one of the all-time most legendary finishes in the history of all combat sports. I mean, everybody's probably seen the memes going around comparing it to the Undertaker sitting up and right. all that. But 
it re- like as I'm watching this, I'm going, "Oh my gosh, that man's dead!" Like he was <laughs> dead. And Wilder starts doing his shimmy, yeah. starts dancing. He dances the way that only black men can dance, which is with style and grace. And then all of a sudden, there's that 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 moment. You can see his eyes when Fury gets up, and he's got the same look at everybody. Like, are you out of your fucking mind? And then Fury won the rest of the round yeah. convincingly. Like, I don't to stand up from that is one thing to fight after that and to fight effectively fuck when the referee started counting i remember thinking that's really shitty refereeing like why are you counting just stop the fight like there's no need to count the man's clearly out yeah and then he just gets up yeah and then the, when the referee like grabs his hands and his hands were stiff like he was awake i'm like what are you maybe there is something to do this weird like some sort of gypsy curse that he put on on himself so he'll never die it was um it was interesting because Fury was clearly the better technical boxer here. Wilder throws these big looping punches, but it's one of those things where, like, if it connects, you're you're done for. You're, you're totally done for. And it doesn't seem like Wilder was ever really hurt, but it was just like he was getting outpointed, outpointed, was was not on Fury's level. Fury would um, be able to dodge most of Wilder's punches. He didn't land a lot, but it's like if you get hit once, it's you're you're – you're finished. It, Wilder hits very, very, very hard. Apparently not hard enough. I mean, I guess I'm, not. Like, that's the thing. Is like everybody talks about his, his incredible power, and it certainly seems like he's got a lot of power. Like that's Mike Tyson type of power. But fuck, man. I mean, Tyson Fury is a different breed of human. Yeah. Uh, there's something he's – maybe it's because he's so I think there's something mentally wrong with him. So maybe his brain doesn't register getting knocked out the way that you and I would. <laughs> maybe. Uh, there, there's a lot of controversy about the decision because most people who follow boxing scored the fight for Fury. He basically won 10 rounds and then he lost two rounds, 10-8. So he should have won by a considerable margin. On one scorecard, he did win. On another, he lost. And then on the third, they scored it a draw, um, which I can kind of maybe see if you scored a couple rounds in between for Wilder. But um, people were bitching about that, boxing judges, and that it's corrupt, and that American got a draw because the show was in the States, even though none of the judges were from the United States. Just the regular drama and bullshit <laughs> with athletic commissions and judges. Um, I don't think I, I don't know what the solution is. I, there probably isn't a good one or an easy one, and this will probably be a problem until uh, boxing and MMA are banned. Yeah, it's uh, <laughs> I mean, like on the one hand, I think not a dumb conspiracy. We would never really do that, and I don't think that there's any actual bias or anything. I don't think that I think it's all on the up and up. I think people are just incompetent. True. Like we we yeah. we generally ascribe evil intentions to what is mostly just stupid. Right. It's just, and we should all accept that. I mean, we do it with the president of the United States too. He's not evil. He's just dumb. All right. Like <laughs> there are just dumb people out there and you have to accept that dumb people do dumb things. But also if you're going to write, it's, it's, it's a, it's boxing. Who's going to, who wants to fix boxing? Like, I'm not going to go out of my way to fix it's, it's, nobody who watches boxing anymore. So I think it's more likely that weird shit happens. We have 12 rounds and nobody gets knocked down in most of them. Uh, eh. In another unusual um, item in regards to this fight, Fury uh, apparently is donating his entire purse to homeless people in England, where he's from, um, some sort of charity. I don't know if he's going to walk around the streets and hand out money yes. to people. Yes, or what yes he will. That's amazing. But, but Tyson Fury hands out $8 million to Panhandlers. Yeah, I think it was, yeah, it might have been 8 million euros. I don't even know. But 
like possibly over $10 million he's just going to give away because he says he has enough money and he's not interested in becoming a billionaire or a multimillionaire. Yeah, and I mean, who wants to be a billionaire? That's who would want that? I, I, I did like I saw some quote and he said, and the problem with that story is that I can't find any sourcing for it. Like every time I try to read about it, like I heard it first from Rogan and then I'm like, back in my head I'm thinking, did he say this on a Rogan show? Is this where this is actually coming from? Because he may have just been saying shit. I don't think he oh. said it on Rogan's show, no. Oh, but then he, but, and then he talked, and this was sad and also very true, I'm sure. He said, I'm going to live like a boxer and die like a boxer. I'll probably die basically poor and broken down, but that's the life of a boxer. It's like, wow, that's a, a very fatalist approach to, a, to the sport. They're like, you don't have to be broke. Like, I think anybody listening to this, all you millionaires who are listening to me right now, you don't have to go broke. You can manage your money. You don't have to spend all of your millions. I know it's difficult because it's right there in front of you, and there's a lot of homeless people to make smile, but you don't have to give away all of it. Right. I want to so, yeah. I want to be the next dynamite kid. All right. Yeah. <laughs> for, I don't think he gave his money away. I, know, I think he's joking. just an asshole. He, he probably was. Did you read his book? No. No. It, 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 was, it was pretty good. It, it was short and quick and to the point. It reminded me of Missy Hyatt's book. Anyway... Uh, so there were two UFC They shows. both took a pounding over the years. Just let me tell you. They're very sore. Uh, In the wrestling business, on the mats, the slams. Totally. So two UFC shows this past weekend and two Bellator shows as well. Friday night, we had the Ultimate Fighter 28 finale. In the main event, Kamaro Usman defeated Rafael Dos Anjos by unanimous decision. Weird scores here as well. 50-43, 49-48. 4847. Um, so one judge had Usman winning all five rounds plus two ten eights, and another one had Usman winning three rounds to two. Uh, so the right guy won this fight. Usman was the bigger guy. It was one of those where RDA is a natural 155 pound guy and he's done well at welterweight, but sometimes size makes a difference. Usman yeah, just could you, get it up against the cage. Missy, and get I, take, I, I, it could get takedowns pretty much at will. And took RDA down every round. RDA didn't look bad, but it was just like he was outsized, I thought. Yeah, he was outsized and just kind of he got it's it's that new it's a new generation of fighter, new generation of athlete. Mm -hmm. Guys that have most of the skills that RDA has and they're just ten years younger or ten years less wear and tear. Uh, Usman is looking for a title shot. He's still sure. undefeated. Obviously, he's kind of behind the line with Kobe Covington and Tyron. Maybe Woodley not. There. Uh, Dana said he may be ahead of Colby. Yeah. Because crazy. I, this weird shit where Dana's like, hey, I don't know what to think. We offered the fight to Colby and he turned it down. It's like, seriously, you offered him the fight in September and you just fought in June. Right. And, and he was meeting the president of the United States to present him with a world title. He's got, he was a little busy. Yeah. But no, sure, go ahead, Dan. Go ahead. Your company that has gone out of its way to get John Jones back in through blatantly <laughs> nefarious means. But book Tyrone Woodley versus Kamar Usman as a main event on a pay-per-view. Go for it. Just see how that one draws. Seems like they're very much, what have you done for me lately? Um, well, I would think the June counts as lately. I know, but who's done something more recently is how I, it feels. One one guy beat up a really small Brazilian. The other guy handed his title belt to the president of the United States of America. Yes, I like, understand. Come on. Like, I'm not defending the, it. 
Just for the sheer possibility that Donald Trump might retweet Colby Covington in the lead up, you got to book him. God, yes. that'd be great. Uh, we also had a new heavyweight tough champion, Juan Espino Diepa, defeated Justin Frazier with a straight arm lock at 336 of the first. Yep. We also have a women's featherweight champ in Macy Chieson. She defeated Penny Kianzid uh, with a rear naked choke at 211 of the second. I mean, we've been. So we've actually had somebody else fight at 145 pounds in the women's division. Yes. This is great. I guess there was an entire season of women fighting at featherweight and nobody watched it. Well, it's, <laughs> it's interesting, too. There were no other women's featherweight. Oh, there was one other women's featherweight fight on this card. Um, they must have, they had to have 16 featherweights in that tournament, right? And only four of them fought on this show. Usually, like, all the prelims are the, the scrubs from the show that didn't make it. Not this time. Yeah, those, uh, look, some, most of the scrubs, though, from Ultimate Fighter <laughs> tend to be, like, decent fighters. Yeah. Not just, like, some, some chick that could that was heavy enough that they found at the Arby's and the fry line or whatever the fuck it is. Uh, also on this card, Pedro Munoz defeated Brian Caraway by TKO. Edmund Shabazian defeated Darren Stewart. And Antonina Shevchenko defeated Ji Young Kim. I mean, this was a show that you, you, you're going to want to rewatch it someday, kids. Watching the biggest, the fattest women and the fattest men on the undercard of a really boring main event. Woo-wee. Joseph Benavides won a fight and looked good. And I think he's already been rebooked for another fight um, on January 26th. That at, son of a bitch. At UFC 233. I think he's underneath um, Dillashaw and uh, the wrestler Henry Cejudo there. So he's a, I think he's the backup plan in case Dillashaw can't make weight or something. Or in case Cejudo can't. Either one is likely going to have trouble making 125. Then on Saturday, I guess it was Saturday night here. I don't know what time it was in Australia. We had a Sunday. fight night. Uh, Dos Santos versus Tuavasa in Adelaide. In the main event, JDS defeated Tuavasa by TKO punches at 2.30 in the second. Um, Dos Santos took some shots here. Tuavasa put up a good fight, but um, Dos Santos was a more experienced guy, landed a good shot, took Tuavasa down, had side control, then took mount. Tuavasa couldn't get up. He looked like I would probably on my back, <laughs> like just throwing punches, like not defending at all, not trying to buck his hips, couldn't, couldn't do anything except throw punches back at JDS, who was just above him, raining down with gravity in his favor. It was not not a great performance on the ground by uh, the overweight Australian. New Zealand, isn't he? He's Maori. He's got he's he he's not well, he's not white to start with. I mean, tied to him, he's got the Pacific Islander tattoos. He got like the big tattoos on his body. He too. is Australian. Yeah, well, there you go. I guess I guess island folk can be from Australia too. He didn't get to drink a beer out of his shoe after this one, unfortunately. And eh, maybe later on that night, <laughs> paid some high class hooker. Also, it's not a good sign for you when you're losing to Dos Santos. For, if you're losing to JDS, uh, he's done as a fighter. Tied to Avasa, he's not a fighter. He's not a thing. He's a guy that hits a little hard. But he's not, he, he, doesn't, he doesn't even hit that hard. 
And I remember I saw something on uh, some fucking group. I think it's UFC Australia or whatever on Facebook. And somebody's like, it's a shame with how little these elite athletes are being paid. And I was like, did you watch the same fucking guy I saw? I saw a big fat guy running around and getting a fist fight. Like, he's lucky to get – he's lucky he's not in jail for this. Like, most of these guys would be doing this just for the hell of it in the street. And we're giving them – a permission to do it, let alone paying them. So, uh, tied to a fuss, uh, so long. Uh, I'm, although then again, he'll probably be a title contender in a year or so. Probably. He, he's very young for the heavyweight division. He is only 25. So, I mean, he's got another 20 plus years in the UFC. That's pretty young to be that fat though. Like, you know, like he's got the kind of fat that looks like he's lost weight to get that fat. <laughs> And like almost like he's got excess skin hanging around. Mm. And at 25, that's telling me he's got some serious psychological problems led to overeating as a child. And he's going to probably die of a heart attack or suicide the next five years. Wow, that'll be dark. Probably uh, too many beers out of the shoes. I mean, that, that probably adds calories like foot sweat mixed in with the beer. My shoe's falling apart right now. The sole's coming off. Like literally coming off of the toe. It's cold out. <laughs> In the co-main, we had Shogun Hua defeating Tyson Pedro by TKO at 43 seconds of the third. Um, This fight actually reminded me a lot of the main event in that it was like the more experienced guy kind of hung in there, took some shots. And the first, who I got rocked a couple times, like a really stiff uppercut, uh, where I felt like most guys would have gone down and Shogun hung in there. Uh, took some shots, and Pedro kind of got tired, and um, who just kind of took over, and I think finished with punches on the ground, similar to JDS. I wonder what it's like to be like in a fight, and the third round's coming, and you're tired, and there's like 30 seconds to go, and you're just getting pounded, and like, how many people in their life really think, if I just can last 30 more seconds, I won't die, but you might die in those 30 seconds. Like that's the closest you get to life and death in front of thousands of people cheering as some man punches you. Yeah. That'd be weird. What a weird, what a weird, what a fucking weird sport. Like why, why do we let this shit happen? We literally lock two men in a cage. It's a cage. Fuck's sake. They put it in a cage. You can't put a fight in a cage. Dogs are in cages. And yet we all just went, eh, you know what? We're good with it. Like somehow, as time has marched forward, society has become more tolerant of cage fighting. This seems like something that would have been popular in the 1800s, like at Barnum and Bailey or whatever. Fight, you know, come to town, watch two men fight in a cage, and then you can see like the the two headed woman and the half tiger, half boy, or whatever the fuck it is. Like this should be on Fox. Fox should be the, the home of Christians and stuff like that. I think it's okay if it's consensual beatings. That's what they say about porn, but we all know it exploits women. Uh, Justin Willis defeated Mark Hunt. Unanimous decision, 29-28 on all three cards. Hunt is probably done with the UFC. This was the last fight on his current contract, and he is still embroiled in a legal dispute with them. So bye-bye, Mark Hunt, I'm guessing. Yeah, and uh, thanks for that fight. Boy, that was a piece of shit also. There's a lot of shit fights down there. I don't really know what the Australians are doing, but uh, they should stop. Well, they, all the big name, all the big Australian names lost to Tuavasa lost, Mark Hunt lost, and then Jake Matthews also lost to a guy named Anthony Rocco Martin. That was a good fight. It was a good fight. But, In the first round, they were going mental, like just throwing oh, yeah. bombs at each other. It, that, it was good. You're right. And then it ended. It did. Uh, look, look, Australia, you're kind of tough. 
you got you guys are going to be like England. You're going to produce one guy every once in a while that does something, but for the most part, you can't wrestle. And you never will be able to wrestle. <laughs> um, what else on this? I mean, think about how amazing that is, is that entire countries, an entire continent. We'll probably we could legitimately say we'll never produce a true elite fighter because they can't wrestle. They don't know how to wrestle. Yes. Fucking how do you not know how to wrestle? Pathetic. Uh also Yushin Okami lost at Welterweight in the unanimous decision against some guy named Alexi Kunchinko. Maybe Okami should retire now. Wilson Hayes defeated Ben Wynn. Uh, and those are all the names anybody I think would really recognize on this card. Ben Wynn just seemed like a, he was just in, in over his head. Yeah. Like he was trying, but for a guy born in Sioux Falls, South Dakota that lives in Australia, he probably knows how to wrestle better than that, though. Ben Wynn. He's probably responsible for all the wrestling in Australia. Wynn was unable to win that one. Oh, there you go. He also is, that, had... is that a racist joke? No, I don't. I don't know. I mean, making fun of somebody's it was surname. A, it was a pun. That's even worse. You'd be yeah. better off being called a racist. You don't understand humor. Hey, I was working on a new bit. Oh, okay. So, do you think? Yep. You're familiar no. with OxyContin, right? Uh, yeah, I've heard of it. Yeah. yeah. Do you think like the epidemic and all these people ODing and becoming addicted to Oxycontin has affected like the sales of Oxy pads to teenagers in any way. And if so, do you think it like helped the sales? Like kids are like, Oh, these will get me fucked up. Or do you think more people are shying away from Oxy pads to help with their acne? Well, Oh, that's for acne. I thought, I thought, I thought you were talking about feminine hygiene pads. I'm like, I mean, if you want to sit around thinking about teenagers and their uh, and how they catch their bloody no, that's, that, that's different. Oh, um, oxy pads are that, like those things, like they're little round circles. Right. You rub them on your zits, and they like dry them out or something. Do those do those actually work? I I don't know. I mean, I had bad acne as a kid, and I just suffered. Anyways, to your. <laughs> It did, and it was just fucking awful. Yeah. There's nothing. You get a big, it's my nose. It was just always be right on my nose. Like, mm. come on. What the fuck, man? Look like Rudolph. It was just horrible. And trust me, in, in the real world, the kid that looks like Rudolph doesn't win in the end. He just gets made fun of, and all the other reindeer laugh, and they don't invite him to play, and there's no magical fat man at the end. Like, you just cry for four years of high school. But, uh, yeah, I think that the, there's been an uptick in the sales of acne cleanser. <laughs> Two kids looking to get high. Okay. Uh, Bellator 210, Friday night, November 30th, in lovely Thackerville, Oklahoma. John Salter defeated Chitty Injikawani with a rear naked choke at 432 of the first. This was way too easy. I mean, it was just like, ooh, that's Chitty's not, you're not very good. Bang, uh, Chitty, Chitty, bang, bang. Eh, I got nothing. David Rickles defeated Guillerme Bomba. And then he insulted him for 10 minutes. Did he? No, like Don Rickles. Ah, gotcha. Uh, Christina Williams defeated Bruna Ellen and Juan Archuleta defeated Jeremy Spoon. Spoon! Then on Saturday in Genoa, Italy, um, I think this aired live in the States, but it was on earlier or something. I got very confused either way in the main event. Kent Kopanin defeated Alessio Sakara by knockout. Brutal knockout, and the ref didn't stop it, so 
Coppinen had to like land more shots on the ground before the ref stepped in. Then like Coppinen was like cradling Sakara after the loss. Weird, weird finish. Oh, he, like good he, win. He, he, he dropped him mm. and like he stood over. He looked right at the referee and was like, "Are you going to stop this?" Like as he's hitting him, you yes. can tell he did not want to do this at <laughs> right. all. Like it's always really awkward when the last guy to realize that somebody's in, is dead is the first guy that should know. <laughs> It was like, it was like bad. When, yes. when people talk about how you have one job, he had one job. Right. Protect the fighter. If the guy is dead, don't let him get punched anymore. Yeah. It's something about referees this weekend not recognizing when men are completely knocked out. Maybe that's why maybe that's why they let the Fury fight go, because that referee had been watching this and he thought No, that doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> if, it, if it went the other way, this would, it would make sense. Yes. That was just incompetence. Uh, way to go, Italy. No other really. I think it was Big Dan, too. Significant names on the show at all. You're telling me that there weren't big names on the Bellator show in Genoa, Italy, airing in the middle of a Saturday afternoon? I am shocked. Yeah, there was a Bellator kickboxing show as well. Uh, no one I recognize on there either. Um, How is that a thing? Like, how are they possibly just blatantly running the scam like that? Come on. I'm not sure. They've got all that DAZN money now. Oh, and DAZN money? And what do you think they were doing in Italy? I mean, come on. If, there's, if you're going to learn to launder money, Italy's probably got a few people that know how it works. They just arrested some big mafia guy in Italy also. Hmm. So maybe he's connected to this. Uh, changing gears here, Conor McGregor's legal team has made a motion to dismiss a lawsuit filed against the UFC star by fellow fighter Michael Chiesa. Uh, in September, Chiesa sued McGregor for the bus attack in Brooklyn. Chiesa was injured when McGregor threw a dolly at a bus window, shattering the glass. Uh, among the claims Chiesa made in the suit were negligence, negligent infliction of emotional distress, assault, and battery. Uh, on November 30th, McGregor's attorney, James M. Catterson, filed a motion dis- to dismiss parts of the suit in New York State Supreme Court per document obtained by MMA Fighting. Uh, I, think I, I like when they say per something obtained by. Like you, you mean you went online and looked at it? I guess. It's not like, it's not like, it's not like you got like the first look at the lawsuit. Like That's the whole point of lawsuits. Is that they, when they talk, people talk about something being on the record, that's the record. I remember the first time I did that in court, I said, by the way, Your Honor, for the record. And I went, oh, yeah, this really is for the record. And like in my head, it clicked. I go, that was the first time I left. I went, oh, now I get it. <laughs> I've been practicing law for like five years at that point. Perfect. Uh, a key part of the motion to dismiss was the assertion from Catterson that McGregor's attack on the bus was not targeted at Chiesa, so that the injuries sustained were not intentional. Therefore, legally, Catterson writes that Chiesa cannot claim negligence or infliction of emotional distress, only battery and assault. Catterson writes that while uh. McGregor's actions were unquestionably inappropriate, they did not cross over into outrageous territory. Um, this is going to probably be like a weird, like, it, it's a technical thing, I'm guessing, when they say it's not intentional, and therefore there's no negligence. Well, by definition, negligence is not intentional. That's what, that's why we have two different words, negligent, intentional. Uh, but some like the emotional distress stuff, like there are rules about when you can get money for basically being scared. And that's what Kiesa wants. Kiesa wants money for being scared. That's what he wants. He's too afraid and he needs to be paid for it. And he's going to get paid, too. Should he? Yeah. 
A dude threw a fucking thing through a window and you got hit. Like, yeah, you get paid for that. <laughs> Fair. Uh, then there's another Conor McGregor uh, legal story. Uh, he's not going to be in Las Vegas next week, as expected. The UFC star's legal team asked for him was granted a continuance in his Nevada Athletic Commission case in relation to UFC 229. Therefore, McGregor will not be at the NAC meeting for a disciplinary hearing on Monday, nor will his potential sanction be discussed. Hey, they took the John Jones route. Just keep asking for continuances, and eventually they forget why they're doing it, and they just let you get off scot-free. It's unclear at this time when McGregor's case will be heard. The commission granting a continuance is a regular occurrence, especially in high-profile cases. McGregor's status with the NAC is integral to when he be able to return to the UFC. He's facing a suspension and fine from the commission. He's going to pay it. As of Tuesday, Khabib's disciplinary hearing remains on for Monday. However, sources said Nurmagomedov is unlikely to be in attendance for the meeting. Uh, sources said a continuance is still possible as is some kind of settlement agreement, which has become regular protocol for the NAC over the last year plus. The commission is currently withholding half of Khabib's guaranteed $2 million purse pending the completion of his case. I, this is actually kind of interesting because you don't see too many incidents involving fighters in athletic commission discipline where realistically, like Khabib and Connor, are, it's all the same incident. So for one guy to be, go before them and be punished, say, say Khabib went to the hearing and Connor didn't, you think if you're Connor, that would be really interesting because you, you could either benefit or be harmed by it. And it'll be, it's very fascinating. Not really, but I mean. If you want it to be fascinating, it could be. It probably really isn't. I mean, how fascinating is it going to be to watch two basically functioning retards who we would have thrown out in the battlefield 100 years ago sit in front of a bunch of morons who want to suspend you for life for uh, smoking weed and then like three minutes later said, okay, you're good to fight. Yeah, the circus. It's just a circus. Although we, we used to like the circus. Now we care about animals and freaks. So, or I mean disabled people, so. In other legal news, uh, a sentence has been handed down in the hit-and-run slaying of MMA fighter Ryan Jimmo. Anthony Getchell, 26, will serve eight years in prison for striking Jimmo with his truck back in June of 2016, an incident that resulted in the fighter's death shortly after. The verdict was announced on Monday. Uh, following a guilty plea that was submitted on November 26th, Getchell appeared in court Monday where he was sentenced to six years in prison for manslaughter and two years for fleeing the scene of a crime. He will also be banned from driving for eight years after his time has been served. Oh, I was going to say, I'm like, oh, after. Because otherwise, I'm like, I think if when you go to jail, getting banned from driving is kind of implied. <laughs> I, I didn't know there were a lot of prisoners doing laps in the yard, but maybe there are. Uh, it seems ju- like you'd want to like limit the access of uh, the criminal element to uh, you know cars, but perhaps not. Uh, in court, Getchell said, "I'm very sorry for the pain that I caused. I'll never be able to forgive myself for what happened." Uh, the incident in question took place the evening of June 26, 2016, in Edmonton, Alberta, Canada. During a night of partying and drinking, Getchell and two associates encountered Jimmo and his fiance on the road and later followed them to a bar where Jimmo exited his Jeep and confronted Getchell. When Jimmo went to return to his vehicle, Getchell struck him with his truck, causing Jimmo's body to be dragged out in front of his own Jeep. Getchell and his associates then drove off. Uh, I like how the guy, like, 
when you hear it's like I'll never be able to forgive myself and this and that, it's like it's not like you acted something on accident here. It sounds like you followed the guy, stalked him, yelled at him, and hit him with your car, and then drove away with his body being dragged. Like, oh yeah, oops. In the aftermath, Getchell initially hid his truck and took a taxi home, reporting his vehicle stolen. He would later retrieve the vehicle and report that the plates were stolen, only to eventually turn himself in around 1 a.m. on June 28th. Getchell was first charged with second-degree murder, criminal negligence causing death, dangerous operation of a motor vehicle causing death, and failure to stop at a scene of accident involving death. He pleaded not guilty to the murder charges, which were later reduced to manslaughter. It could- Oddly enough, uh, totally innocent. I'm, actually, I was going to say I'm fleeing the scene, but no, they gave him like two years of that too. So he's a real piece of shit. And uh, <laughs> I, I hope he doesn't get – I was going to say I hope he gets raped in prison, but I don't. I don't think anybody should get raped. That's my stance. Wow. Hot I'm, take. Hey, in this day and age, someone has to stand up for the little guy. <laughs> uh... You guys, there's somebody out there – okay, probably not listening, but – in theory, someone might listen and be like, you don't want prisoners to get their comeuppance? I think going to jail is probably the, the, the punishment, right? I, Maybe make I him like, clean up trash on the road, make him do shitty jobs. But I, I don't think you should be like forcibly butt-raped. No, I should be forcibly. <laughs> Consensual butt-rape's cool. I bet Dynamite Kid had sex with men. He seems like the kind of guy in the 80s who just get really coked up and just fucking dude in the ass and then come to him and be like, ah, you're gay, and then punch the guy and leave. Huh. That's a good theory. All right, Rest in peace, Dynamite. Yeah. <laughs> what was there? was one show we did where, like, two people died in one week and I buried one of them and you buried the other one. Do you remember that? It's pretty no. good. Yeah. Wow. Yeah, we we both talked like Nikolai Volkov sucked oh. in the ring or something. Well, bad. I think it, we sh- you and I should just go on record just letting everyone know that uh, former President H. W. Bush was a piece of shit. That son of a bitch. He hated dogs. I don't know why that look. That dog was so abused. He's afraid to leave him even death. The CIA was evil. Well, that could be debated. <laughs> I mean, he was running the CIA during some shady shit. So. Uh, UFC is working on a new deal with pay-per-view providers uh, in a move that looks to be worth in the range of $60 million per year in straight pay-per-view profits. The UFC is using its leverage of being the last man standing in the TV pay-per-view arena to negotiate a better deal. Traditionally, UFC pay-per-views would have a 50-50 revenue split between the promotion and cable and dish providers. At first, when UFC got back on pay-per-view in 01, it was closer to a 40-60 split in favor of the providers. But it looks like they're working on a 70-30 split in their favor now. Hey, man, it's it's got to be rough out there to be uh, Comcast, man. Just you're making <laughs> making all the you're just gonna be making fewer billions <coughs> for doing nothing. Yeah, or whatever they do, I don't know what a cable company does. But I mean, it might not end up 70-30. Who knows? It could be sixty forty. They're they're working on the deal, but the rumor is a seventy thirty split because. WWE's gone. There's no real Manny Pacquiao, Floyd Mayweather guys out there for boxing anymore. And the I mean, UFC's, that... UFC has all the power now. They're still running 12 pay-per-views a year. And granted, some of them only do, you know, 100, 150,000 buys. But when your other option is Liddell and Tito, 
Um, this looks pretty good. I mean, how, how great has it got to be if you're uh, WME uh, Effervescent, whatever the name of the company is, and uh, Endeavor. you're sitting there. Endeavor. Yeah. Exactly. You sit down across the, from across the table from Mr. Comcast, or, and you're just like, all right, I produce pay-per-views. And the guy's like, yes, well, we have other people who can do it. You big, oh, yeah? What do you got? That De La Hoya shit? Yeah, you want to you want you want to try that one again? You just watched a forty eight year old man get punched once and die. At least our guys can get punched a couple times. This changes a lot, though. I mean, that's a this could be a huge deal as far as the viability of some of these lower level draws and shit like that. Like something like seriously, if these guys are getting points on this stuff, they just all the guys in the UFC in theory just got a giant like. I had 20% bump. I don't really know how percentages work. I have 20% yeah. bump. That's a big deal. Um, I'm not sure if they do because I think they get paid per buy. Don't you get like three bucks when you hit 500,000? It's not based on how much revenue the UFC is bringing in. It's based no, on but your particular deal. Like I think Connor still makes the same. A- any champ, I think, gets um, like a-, a-, a certain dollar figure when they reach a certain point. The UFC could say, hey, we're going to give you some of this, but Historically, that's not the UFC style. Well, yeah, but historically, it was Dana style for a while. Back when right. they didn't make any money, he would give away all the nothing that they had. As soon as they started making real money, he wasn't as generous. Uh, that's a weird one. Uh, <laughs> hey, if I, if you're Floyd and you see something like this, you might just be out there being like, yeah, I'm totally coming back for one last boxing match. Do you think that's because Dana's like older now? And doesn't relate as much to the fighters, maybe. Like I feel like it, like that. That's a general thing over time, where it's like I've been doing this for twenty years and I've been busting my ass. I'm not going to give this guy who just came into the company who's been fighting for five years a huge cut. But like back in the day when he was new to the UFC and he was closer to the fighters, and these guys had just as much experience fighting as he did. He was more of a fanboy back then. I guess would be I think a way to look at it. I think that's there's definitely a lot of I think that's probably a lot of it. Um, I think that obviously just the having a corporate ownership, like a real corporate structure around him, is inhibited his uh, his fun. I think he's having with it. However, on the flip side, he's worth half a billion dollars, so it probably worked out. Uh, speaking of Chuck and Tito, uh, you guessed twenty thousand buys. I guessed eighty thousand buys. Looks like it's going to settle in around 40,000 buys through t- wow. traditional TV. Um, there was probably online purchases too. I don't really know how this works. Um, but yeah, we were both wrong. I, I guess maybe you were closer. I, I don't know. Actually, it was almost exactly in the middle of us. So. It, it, it depends how you look at it. Like it did twice as many as you thought and half as many as I thought. But whatever. Uh, not very good though. Way more than that. But it who's 40,000 people paid to. It's Chuck Liddell. He hasn't fought in eight years. Yeah, I guess. He's done multiple million buy shows. I mean, he was a big name. Even the Rich Franklin fight when he was getting out knocked knocked out left and right, and Franklin wasn't a big draw ever. Um that show I think like did six hundred thousand buys. Yeah. And it like you would think back then people would remember, oh Chuck shot. It's like now eight years later, people don't remember. Kimbo and Dada five thousand still has a record for most television viewers for Bellator. You know what I mean? Like I I think there's some and Liddell was always a much bigger star than Kimbo. You would have thought somebody would have bought that show. I I'm surprised it didn't do more. I know you're surprised it didn't do less, but I, I don't know. I can't even imagine anybody found it. I guess there's a lot of people that didn't want to deal with their family that weekend. <laughs> 
<laughs> but again, we've also found that historically, 35, 40,000 was like the number of true hardcore MMA fans. So he's back down to Matt Hughes levels. Uh, I am on CNNBusiness.com right now. And the headline does. And the headline reads oh, DJ oh, no. Khaled, Floyd Mayweather Jr., charged with promoting cryptocurrency without disclosing they were paid. So uh-huh. apparently there's some fraud revolving around no. Floyd Mayweather Jr. Can you believe it? You're uh, telling me he's a dishonest businessman? Come on. Or maybe just negligent. Um, music producer DJ Khaled and boxer Floyd Mayweather Jr. Ah, oh, hang on. There's a commercial. I, I kind of read this. something about this. Like, okay, I didn't really read it, but I'm sure they pushed it and didn't disclose it. And like they would for any other like, uh, you know, sponsorship deal. Except for when you're dealing with a security, the federal government's involved. It's not like you failed to disclose you get a kickback on the t-shirts you're pushing. It's a little different when the SEC is involved. Yeah, they, they were charged with promoting investments in initial cryptocurrency coin offerings without revealing that they'd been paid. So basically they were advertising for those crypto sites and it wasn't disclosed, so I guess there's something wrong with that, apparently. Remember, remember that one weird month when the whole world thought that we were just going to use Bitcoin? That sure went away. Well, it's weird, too, because there were a ton of them. There were, like, hundreds yeah. of them that came out, and it seemed like they were all, like, making money. I, I At the time, I'm like, how how do people even know about all of these? And some people are like, go with Ethereum or go with whatever, Litecoin yeah. or whatever. It's like, what the fuck's the difference between any of these? And I, I haven't looked at Bitcoin's price, but I know it was down. It got up to $20,000 per coin. And that now it's down to like 4,000. I think last I looked, it's like, Jesus. Meanwhile, the Winklevoss twins made like a hundred million dollars off of it. <laughs> Were they the, the Facebook? Yeah. Ones? Yeah. They like, they like to do rowing. I remember. Yeah, they're uh, a very normal. Actually, I like being on boats. I like like kayaks and stuff. Both Khaled and Mayweather settled with the SEC and agreed not to promote any securities, even digital ones, for two years and three years, respectively. The SEC said Thursday. That's gonna real put. That's gonna be a real crimp in Floyd's uh, financial planning business that he's got out there. They also agreed to give the money they'd received to the SEC and pay penalties and interest. Mayweather failed to disclose that he'd received $300,000 from three different ICO issuers, including $100,000 from Centratech. Khaled failed to disclose a payment of fifty grand from the same company. Let this be a lesson to Bradshaw. Just because sports entertainment, investing, SEC violations. Is he still on Fox Business? I think he is. I feel like there was somebody else involved with this too, like Soldier Boy or something. Um, that makes sense. Soldier Boy put out his own gaming system, which looks like a complete <laughs> knockoff of, like, it's weird. It looks like an Xbox, but it has like a PlayStation controller. It looks really odd. Uh, You're telling me the Soldier Boy isn't a very good video game developer? He can't develop his own system. Soldier Boy arcade machine. Is it going to go toe to toe with Sony? Uh, Sony? Sony Boys, they should call it. Uh, uh, Greg Hardy is officially in the UFC. I mean, well, you're going to join your broadcast partner, ESPN. To, you want to get off on a good impression by just letting them know that. I mean, come on. Like, this has to eventually come back on the UFC because Lamar Hunt, that. 
not Lamar Hunt, whatever the um, Loretta. The, no, that not, I said Hunt, not Cunt. Aww. No, uh, oh, we love you, Loretta. I don't know. Um, no, uh, the 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 other one, the thing, um, the Kansas City Chief that just got cut, and then the Jets, I think, tried to get him. Is and it like, Kareem Hunt, maybe. Yeah, so I think it's it's a hunt. Maybe Ethan Hunt. I'm not sure. But uh, that's Mission Possible. Ethan Hawk. That would have been a weird one. The UFC signed Ethan Hawk to play football. Anyways, um, how many, I don't even know how that would work. Although, you know, I know how it would work. XFL. Mm. Um, so what, what's interesting, he's going to be on UFC's first ESPN Plus card on January 19th in Brooklyn. Um which that 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 lineup's been tweaked and changed in the last couple of days. ESPN obviously wants big fights on that first show, but a lot of people were a little upset because this is also the show with Rachel Ostovich versus Paige Van Zandt, <laughs> which seems to be um, questionable decision making when you've no, got not. a woman who was uh, like beat up by her husband a couple of weeks ago and has a broken orbital bone and was probably not even going to fight on the show on the same show as Greg Hardy, who's been accused of some domestic abuse. And I always like to mention at this point, uh, the most famous incident is the one where he threw his girlfriend (laughs) on a pile of guns on his bed. That's the best. It's still one of the, I mean, okay. It's horrible to say that's like an all time great domestic abuse story, but as far as they go, like as far as like, Oh, you know what? what? I got it wrong. The accuser testified prior that the six foot four, two hundred and seventy pound Hardy threw her in the bathroom and laid her onto a futon filled with guns. Not even a bed. Okay. A futon. Okay. Okay. I apologize, everybody. As the uh, de facto uh, head of Halfguard.com, I apologize for our reporting error just now. Remember, it was a. I. I, I am. I hate this whole culture we live in where. You get accused on page one, and then you get exonerated three weeks later on page 14. I won't stand for it. It was a futon, not a bed full of guns, okay? It's important that we get detailed. We are only as good as the, our attention to detail. Anyways, um, I'm sure he's not the only guy in that locker room that beat the shit out of women, though, so whatever. Um, it's weird because I'm guessing ESPN wanted the Ostfitch and PVC fight because whatever they're attractive, they think people will watch that oh, yeah. fight. Page fine, yeah. but obviously they wanted Greg Hardy as well because he's a name and there's going to be some controversy and people people might sign up for ESPN Plus to see Greg Hardy fight. That that's a possibility. Um, at the same time, it's like oh. They could have put Hardy on any other show. It's like UFC's got plenty. Of, there's a show every week. Sometimes there's two a week. It could wait until the next week, the previous week. It's like, it's just going to draw attention to Hardy. It's going to draw attention to the Ostevich story. And it's like, they could have put him on a, a prelim on another show anytime and not had this issue. Although, if you think about it, where would the attention come from? The media? The sports media? Sports media, which is also known as ESPN. Right. Like, if anybody's going to cover it up, and plus a uh, controversy causes cash, what the fuck it Bischoff said? Well, it, it was interesting at that UFC 231 press conference with uh, Holloway and Ortega, right, pri- like a few minutes before all the reporters in attendance, journalists, whatever you want to call these guys, 
and gals, um, were told you could only ask questions pertaining to UFC 231, which apparently was was a first. And a lot of people think they did that because they didn't want anybody to ask him about Hardy and Ostevich. Well, I mean, he didn't hit her. That's a positive. That's how they should spin it. He didn't beat her. Uh, well, here's the thing. They, they signed him. Like, what, what difference yeah. does it make what show he is it on? It really doesn't matter. But I, I, I think I, from I, a I, PR perspective, this was a dumb move by the UFC. That's all. It's a, it, it is bad because when you hear it, your first reaction is, oh. And if your first reaction is, ooh, like, it's just not worth it. But maybe it is. You know, maybe there's more uh, Trump supporters out there than we realize, and they have no problem supporting men that hit women and black people. I don't know. <laughs> On the subject of that ESPN Plus show, it looks like um, they're moving Dillashaw and Cejudo to that show for the for the flyweight title. So um, they, they're they're trying to build that show up. UFC 233 now doesn't really have a main event. the The top fight on that show right now is Askren versus Lawler. So they, they're going to need a main Whoa. event for that show. But it's a week later. It's, I think that's January 26th. Um, so they've got a little time to find something for that, but still six weeks out. Nothing says sign up for our exclusive sports content streaming service like a title fight f- featuring two champions, one of whom the president of the company openly says, eh, the division sucks. Nobody cares about it. <laughs> like, can you imagine like, if, if the World Series were going to happen and Bud Seelig, Bud Seelig would be out there and he'd be like, uh, yeah, so uh, nobody really likes the Twins. I don't know. It's not going to probably do well. I, I wish the Twins were more exciting. I wish that the Twins were a, a more entertaining baseball team, but you know, sometimes you just get a shitty World Series. What are you going to do? This Hardy thing's weird. Um, I, I guess he, he was kind of apologetic a couple times. One time he said, "Guilty." I mean, the United States of America said I wasn't, but apologetic, most definitely. I'm sorry for anything I did wrong. I never wanted to do anything wrong. And supposedly yeah, like he's, he's there... clean now. Like, I, I just have mixed feelings. Like, the UFC didn't have to sign him. And I feel like it's a money grab by them because he's got all this notoriety. Because there, there's they, they didn't have he to did. sign it. Yeah. They didn't have to sign an amateur fighter who's known for domestic abuse and got kicked out of the NFL, essentially. They didn't have oh, to I do agree. that. Um, Which makes me, it all the more bizarre that they did. Well, to me, it's more Bellator play. Um, but it's like in this era where they're just desperate for ratings and they're desperate for money. Like, I don't, I think Lorenzo would have uh, not signed him. Do you know what Question I mean? Question is to me, like, is there any evidence that he's worth anything? You know, like, has he dropped, maybe ESPN thinks so. ESPN yeah, wants I guess him on so. that show. I, I don't know. Yeah. I don't know. It, it's. I really hope that, I hope Rachel Ostevich says something. I hope she taps him out somehow. Well, that would be a real surprise. I mean, also, I'd be really if she can tap out Greg Hardy. <laughs> let me tell you something: if Rachel Ostevich can tap out Greg Hardy, yes. then the person the UFC needs to sign is her husband, because that guy's a real badass. Speaking of husbands, um, Paige Van Zandt's husband is signed with Bellator. Uh, Austin, I forgot Austin something, Voldemort. I, I, what's his name? I mean, I like that Paige Van Zandt married a guy named Austin. Okay, why? Like it's it's just got that millennial naming thing to it, okay. like Austin. Like when I grew up, when you grew up, you didn't know anybody named Austin. There's a kid named Austin a first... in my grade. Yeah, 
Really? Yeah. Was he, was he uh, weird? Yes, I didn't like him. Okay, there you go. Exactly. Like, it's not a normal name for, like, our generation. It's like Blake and, and Blade and weird shit. Like, like, my cousins named their kids these fucking dumb names. I think, like, Zach. That's not a good name. It's a terrible name. Anyways, um, but uh, Paige Van Sant has fake boobs also. Her and her, I think Osevich does as well. Speaking of millennials, he might even be not a millennial. He might be like Gen Z or something. Sage Northcutt has signed an exclusive deal with one championship. Uh, one CEO, Chatri Sityadong, announced the signing on Friday. Northcutt, 22 years old, quickly confirmed it on social media. Uh, please join me in giving a big welcome to multiple-time karate world champ, black belt Hall of Famer, and rising global mixed martial arts superstar Sage Northcutt to one championship. I like that somebody is both a legend and a rising star. <laughs> Much like myself. But uh, I like that the, the most interesting thing about the announcement from 1FC was at the end when it concluded, and he's a very good boy. In other fight news, we have uh, Jack Swagger, also known as Jake Hager, making his Bellator debut at Bellator 214 on January 26th at the Forum in Inglewood. Always up to no good, California. Wow. Uh, I'll I'll, I'll go out of my way to watch it. I'll say that. Swagger, I think, is 36 now. Um, has, a, has a good wrestling background. He's a big dude. He's got some reach. I'd watch him and Greg Hardy fight. If he's 36, he's pretty young for a heavyweight. He's that time. <laughs> True. He'd, he'd be the youngest guy in that uh, Bellator heavyweight tournament. Um, God, I, I hope he comes out and he does the gimmick still. Oh, the, like, think about a guy. The Make America the right wing. shit. Yeah. Yeah. Like, those guys were like two or th- uh, two or three years later, they would have been a huge act. Mm. They missed their calling card, man. They could they were the original Proud Boys. Uh, Paul Daly versus MVP on February 16th in the welterweight tourney. That's a good fight, too. What are you typing? I'm playing with a piece of plastic. Interesting. I ripped it off my chapstick. Uh, I thought I figured it came off your shoe. Uh, we've also got Crocop versus Roy Nelson on February 16th. Wait, what? Is that in England? Is that in London or something? No, I, I think that's in the States. Oh, didn't they fight in London? It got, something happened. Somebody got hurt. It oh, never okay. Happened. okay, okay. This is in, um, that... at uh, the Indian Reservation in Connecticut. Oh, okay. That explains why Crow Cup can fight then. I'm like, shouldn't he be suspended still? <laughs> uh, we've also... Like a real athletic commission wouldn't allow him to fight. This fight caught my eye and probably no one else's on earth, but... Uh, Horiguchi versus Darian Caldwell is going to be on New Year's Eve in Ryzen. So basically, Bellator's letting Caldwell go and, and fight in Ryzen. It seems like nobody is afraid to let their small people fight in Japan or wherever they do Ryzen, China. You think you'd be less afraid to let your large fighters fight in Japan because Japanese fighters tend to be smaller? Yeah, but nobody watches the small ones. <laughs> Uh, it's going to be at Saitama Super Arena. Uh, then we've also got Dominic Cruz making his return after two years off again uh, versus John Lineker at UFC 233. Ooh, I like that fight a lot. It'll be interesting to see how Cruz looks. Like For like the last five years, I'm like, oh, he's still young enough to come back and, and still do something. But now it's like, Ugh, he's not that young anymore. Did he, what did he injure last time? 
What's he coming off of? Let's find out. Like, I, I'm like, he hasn't fought for a while. He must be injured. What did he break? Something with his hand well, or shoulder or it was, foot? It was always his knee, right? That was yeah. the problem. He blew up. I think he had three ACL surgeries. Well, one, like, they put it in one from a cadaver or something, and his body rejected it or something, I remember. Like, that sounded terrible. Like, he, Oh, there's always, it's always good when the surgery doesn't take. Well, yeah. It was like he tore his ACL, it, like, really bad injury. And then it's like they don't fix it right, and you got to start all over and shit. It's like, ugh. Um, hang on here. Wikipedia string of injuries. Uh, <laughs> no, this is awesome. Goes UFC bantamweight championship, string of injuries, regaining the championship, losing the title. Cruz was expected to face Jimmy Rivera on December thirtieth, twenty seventeen. However, on November eighth, it was reported Cruz suffered a broken arm. And was forced to be pulled from the card. I mean, it must be a hell of a, hell of a break. This took him a year to heal. Well, Cruz, his last fight was against Cody Garbrandt, where he got lit up, basically. That was Gar- a great fight. Garbrandt just, like, tooled him the whole time. Uh, but Cruz revealed that he was plagued by plantar fascia tendinitis throughout training camp, and it made him difficult to walk at times. So then I think he started getting Botox shot into his, like, the arch of his foot or some bullshit like that. Um, but since 2011, how many times would you guess Dominic Cruz has fought? Three. Four times. Jeez. Four times in seven years. That poor son of a bitch, his whole career. He's like, he's like the Mickey Mantle of MMA in that you'll always wonder what he could have been. Yeah, it's crazy. He fought three times. Also, also, also hardcore alcoholic with a, in a womanizer. Most people don't know that about Dominic Cruz. I was unaware. Yeah, it's weird. Um, according to Wikipedia, he is a blue belt in Brazilian jiu-jitsu. Same as you. Hey. Yeah. <laughs> he, he. How old do you think Cruz is? 34. 33. Wow. He was really good really young. Wow. Damn, man. He's fucked, though. That's way too old to be restarting at that weight. It's crazy. It's crazy. I mean, he didn't look good against Garbrandt, but no, maybe I. We'll see. We'll see what happens. Yep. Uh, in other news, let's see what we got here. Oh, um, Crown Gracie is making his UFC debut against Bruce Leroy at UFC 233. Alex Caceres. Oh, that Bruce Leroy. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I'll watch it. Oh, sure. It's shocking. I, I know. It's shock. I'll watch it with interest. Oh. I will sit there. I will go out of my way to watch it. Uh, thankfully, there's no Bellator this weekend, but there is UFC 231. That is the yeah. show headlined by a featherweight championship fight between Max Holloway and Brian Ortega. This uh, fight was scheduled previously, but Holloway was pulled from the fight because he appeared to have a concussion and was unaware of where he was during a lot of media interviews. Uh, so he's back. Is that the one that Rogan called him out on the concussion? No, that was, or it, some... that was Bisbing. Bisbing's Bisbing, like, Bisbing are you all yeah, right yeah. over there? It's <laughs> yeah. really good. Uh, Michael Bisbing, better at being a doctor than doctors. He's got multiple concussions himself and a missing eye and was able to diagnose Holloway better than anyone else. It's pretty good. I'm really glad that the UFC ha- has agreed to let the uh, the government oversee and regulate them. They're doing a bang up job. 
Stop playing with that plastic over there. I'm really fidgety. It's I driving know. me crazy. All right, I'm not, I threw it away. I threw it away. <laughs> um, so good fight here, Max Holloway. Oh, great fight. Brian Ortega. Th- th- this is like a really sexy Ooh. title fight. Oh, okay. Like, you don't see two – we haven't had these type of th- – because, you know, the UFC has been in a different business model of late. I, I, <laughs> just two guys who are absolutely the two best guys in their division, no question, in their prime, fighting, everything in the line. They're both, like, riding high. They're both, like, could be the face of a division. I really – like, I'm, a, I'm very excited for this fight. Like, this is a hardcore fan's, like, real dream fight. So – uh yeah. Yeah. I mean, both guys in their mid twenties, they're in their primes. Um, I mean, Holloway's taken some damage through the course of his career. He's been in some longer fights and stuff, but um, it'll be interesting to see because Holloway's obviously going to have the edge on the feet and Ortega's going to have the edge on the ground. Holloway's, I mean, his takedown defenses look better, but I always get hung up on that Connor fight where Connor took him down at will with a torn ACL and Connor has no ground game at all. Um, so I wonder if Ortega's going to be able to get it to the mat. And if he does, he, he's obviously going to have the edge there. Or Holloway can keep the distance, work the jab, and just kind of outpoint Ortega for five rounds. I, I, it'll be interesting. Yeah, it's, and the great thing about it is obviously they're mixed martial artists, they're both black belts and everything it, it, on the ground. Holloway's not a slouch at all. And on the feet, Ortega has shown a huge power. I mean, yeah. he, he finished Frankie Edgar, right? Which I thought was impossible. And then Frankie, is he, has he fought since then? Okay, we'll find out. I feel like, he, like we've seen him since and he, and he won. Can and he... that told me that, that it wasn't like a, like it wasn't, it was a real knockout. It wasn't like, Oh, he's the end of his career type of deal. He beat, uh, Although Cub, I think he, is. he beat Cub Swanson. There you go. I mean, this shows that the win, it wasn't like, okay, you got the first win, but it turns out the dominoes are all falling. Like, I think Frankie's still a legit dude, and Ortega tooled him. So this is a hell of a fight, and uh, I hope that Ortega pulls off a flying triangle attempt. Okay. That's all. Uh, Do you have a pick? Oh, uh, Holloway. Okay. okay. He's bigger, faster. I think he's a better athlete, and uh, the better striker seems to win in MMA. I'm picking Ortega because I think go. the better grappler ends up winning in MMA. Ooh, look at that. Uh, women's flyweight championship fight. Everyone's been clamoring for Valentina Shevchenko versus Joanna Yenjacek. Neither of them hey, are defending the, the belt because there isn't a champion at the moment. The first time they've had a women's flyweight fight, let alone title fight, that anyone's ever cared about. This is, this so... is the biggest, biggest flyweight female title fight of all time. Nico Montano kind of got hosed, didn't she? She missed weight. Fuck her. She won that tournament, missed weight. And now there's two people who don't even fight in the division, who have never fought in the division before going for the title. It's pretty good. Yeah, but she missed weight <laughs> and uh, she's like a whiner. No, I get it. I, I understand, but it's amusing. Like, why, why, <laughs> why do you even bother having that tournament? Why not just have the second best 135 pound fighter come down and the second best 115 fighter move up and, and do it that way? Like, what was the that, point of the tournament? Because you don't get 12 weeks of TV out of that. I guess. That's all it is. I would have rather watched 12 weeks of their build up than. Oh, I know, me too. <laughs> Shevchenko dancing around in Joanna at Disney World. Taining the 12 weeks of Joanna feeding giraffes. 
for some reason, I forget what it is, if it's Instagram or something. Yolanda spends a lot of time at Disney World. She, there must be some sort of... Her. No, but it's like Europe Disney. It's like oh. Euro Disney or something. It was. I've just seen a ton of pictures with her with like Mickey Mouse. I, I wonder shit. if it's uh, an Eastern European thing. You know, growing up behind the communist, the Soviet bloc, like Disney World is like. I mean, think about it. they sold the happiest place in the world to a bunch of people living behind the Iron Curtain. And it must have been like, wow, look at that. America is so magical. And everybody like, by the way, Europe, we're going to give you your own Disney just because we're nice. Also on the main card, we've got Cowboy Alex Oliveira versus Gunnar Nelson. Um, decent fight. Hakeem Dewadu versus Kyle Bochniak. I like Kyle Bochniak's name just because it's always different and it stands out. Otherwise, I don't give a fuck about the fight. And in the opener on the main card, we have Jimmy Manoa versus Tiago Santos at light heavyweight. This is this is I am positive. That if when this fight airs and they show the two guys and their names pop up and next to their name, each guy has a number indicating their rank in the top 10. And I will guarantee I will watch that and go, huh, I didn't know either one of these guys were ranked. Jimmy Manoa, currently number seven. Tiago Santos is number 14 in the middleweight rankings. Well, he's still ranked somewhere. True. On um, the prelims, Fox Sports 1, we have one of your favorites, Claudia Gadela versus Nina Ansaroff. Oh, right. She's going to, um, let's see. Oh, boy. Get revenge against uh, Nina for Nina's wife beating her up. I don't know if she ever got beat up, but eh, I'm done. Catelyn Chukagian versus Jessica I. All righty. Women's flyweight. Jessica I. Still employed. Just guy coming off her first win in about a oh two wins. She had a split decision win and a unanimous decision win against Jesse Jess and Kalang Singapore. Jessica I has been regularly fighting the entire time that Dominic Cruz has been injured, and she has just as many wins as he does in that frame. <laughs> that actually could be true. She's got three wins since 2013. He's only had four fights, yeah. and he's got three. Yeah, and he was three and one. <laughs> Really sad. Uh, she, I'm not a fan. Uh, Eric Anders, former main eventer <laughs> in Brazil, versus Elias Theodoro, who has good hair and dresses up like a woman at Invicta shows. Uh, you say he dresses up like a woman. I think that he's gender fluid. I should just, that's how I should do these rundowns. Just the first thing that pops into my head about each fight. How do you think I've been doing this um, show for years? Olivier Aubon Mercier versus Gilbert Burns. French guy versus Farmer. All right. And on um, the fight pass prelims, we've got Devin Clark versus Alexander Rakic. That Brad Katona versus Matt Lopez and Chad LaPriest versus Diego Lima. Devin Clark sounds like the name of a guy that was cool in the 90s and wore like high top sneakers and track pants and danced in a dance troupe with MC Hammer. Let's see if there was any breaking MMA news because I'm guessing we don't have time for stuff Not this, this week. week. Nope. We'll check the old Twitter anything. here. Nothing, nothing happened. Oh, the MMAJA put out a statement regarding the UFC 231 press conference. Oh. I'm Josh and the fact they were muzzled. Ooh, you were muzzled. <laughs> 
After reports from media on site today at the UFC 231 press conference, the MMAJA is looking into a situation in which reporters felt they were unable to freely ask questions. MMAJA has been in touch with UFC PR, which said their intention was for reporters to focus their questions on Saturday's card and away from other topics. UFC said that they did not direct the media to avoid specific subjects, but that was the impression felt by several MMAJA members credentialed for the event. So you're telling me that when you guys uh, went to the uh, UFC 231 conference call, that the UFC thought you would talk about UFC 231 on the UFC 231 conference call? Shocking. I swear journalists have to be the biggest whiners. Nobody feels like they always seem to think that everyone should help them do their fucking job. Just do your job yourself. Okay, so if you're at that press conference with Dana and Max and Ortega and you get the mic, do you ask about Greg Hardy and, and risk like being banned? Because they've been known to ban people. I mean, they banned Ariel and he's like the number one ass kisser in the world. First of all, I would, I would have no desire to ask about Greg Hardy because it doesn't seem appropriate. Like I, and I know, fair. I know, and I know well, people are this, you're not a journalist, which is also fair, but it seems like, <laughs> but you know, you could just, it's not like they're not available to talk. It's not like they're avoiding the Greg Hardy thing. I actually, right. that's not fair. They are avoiding it, literally avoiding it. Um, but I, oh, I would have asked a question if I wanted to ask a question. I don't, I don't take any shit from Dana White. We all know that. Such a badass. Um, in, in other news, the XFL has announced starting dates in team cities and venues. Uh, you've got Seattle, L.A., Dallas, Houston, St. Louis, Tampa Bay, Washington, D.C., and New York. No Boston or Chicago teams, unfortunately for us. Or fortunately. <laughs> if you're not a fan of third-rate football. Uh, third-rate? Brit- yes. Oh, the NFL, college football, Canadian football – NFL Europe, um, I think the Arena League is still doing so. I put XFL six or seventh on the depth chart. Brett Favre was tricked into taping video message for an anti-Semitic group. Well, we've all been there. <laughs> Dynamite Kid is dead. We've all been there. Uh, there was a brawl at the Pittsburgh and... Pittsburgh Steelers and San Diego Chargers game over the weekend. A man choked a six-month pregnant woman. Did you see video of this? No, it didn't come up in my normal uh, pregnant women getting beaten feed. It it did in mine. Huh. Like I've got a like a burner account just for usually that. my Google yeah. alerts give me it. But... <laughs> Fucking Google. Fucking deep state. Can't trust them. Chris Jericho beat up a guy who got on his tour bus. Yeah, I heard about that. Any thoughts? Um, I think. I've, it's assholes in the music business. Uh, Jer- Jericho's an idiot for doing it because he like chased the guy down and beat him up and punched him. Like, why, why, why would you risk that? The guy might have a knife or a gun. This America, he could have a gun. Don't fuck around with tour buses. That's all I got. I don't hear you. I don't hear Matt, everybody, which is good because the show has to come to a close. I gotta go to work. Matt, if you can hear me. Sorry, I don't know what happened here. But uh, this was MMA and stuff here at halfguard.com. Thanks for listening. We'll be back next week. And uh, when we're back next week, it'll be an even better show than this week. If that's even possible. Bye.
Get up, cocksuckers. It's all over. Listen, we had a rough couple of months. Fucking Katrina's cousin Maria. The other one, Puerto Rico, Houston, fucking Florida. Listen, it's been tough up to now. The earthquake in Mexico. You know, the White House, whoever the fuck is going on. But it don't matter. They want to shoot. It's time for us to fucking shoot, cocksuckers. They want to get down and dirty. Don't forget who the fuck we are. You understand me? We're the baddest motherfuckers out there. You send a message to that fucking North Korean. He's going to be sniffing my dick and sucking my asshole. That's the focus. We're going to North Korea in like a year. It's going to be an island. It's going to glow in the dark. You know why? Because we're Americans, cocksuckers. Who the fuck do you think you're dealing with? Stop with the gun control. They're selling more guns than ever the last three days. Stop with the fucking whining. Stop with the Russians on Facebook. I don't give a fuck. Worry about yourself. Keep your eyes open. And get the fuck off Snapchat and fucking Twitter, cocksucker. Stay black.